welcome. Hope you had a pleasant weekend, or at least relaxing. Uh, mine was quite nice. I like to play the golf. Do you like the golf? I played one absolutely terrific round and one absolutely horrific round. It's the way it goes. It's a metaphor for life, you know. Is it? I don't know. Uh, hey, uh, Positive Sean, can I hear that Chris Christie clip talking about sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd? That sleeping son of a you-know-what? That's Please, it. God, can we say goodbye to Chuck Todd? Wow. I mean the most, wow. the most pretentious know-it-all on network news. The guy is just a complete ass. That's some uh, straight talk from the big man, which I appreciate it. Chuck Todd is insufferable. I mean, he is annoying. Oh, he's just so smug. And it's not about politics. I could name half a dozen media figures uh, with whom I agree on nothing. But they're they're pros. They're capable. They do a nice job. Uh, Chuck Todd just makes my skin crawl. He really looks like, uh, I'm not saying he is, but he looks like somebody you see arrested for c- committing an unspeakable act. With like a, I don't know. Sleepy eyes Chuck Todd who... Like somebody underage or a horse or something. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he is a, a, a horse blanker. I'm just, he looks like the sort of guy who could be. That's probably irresponsible, but I don't know, I'm just being honest. Nay means nay. Michael. Michael. Uh, listen, um, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, this opinion piece by uh, Oh, uh, Oh, it's the Washington Examiner editorial board. Perhaps uh, headed up by our, our friend Tom Rogan, who's uh, on the show semi-regularly. Uh, or at least I hope he will be. Very impressive guy. Um, but he's talking about the gerrymandering decision by the Supreme Court, where there are a couple of states. One uh, Republican, North Carolina. North, is that right? Ah, da, 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 da. I think Maryland was playing fast and loose toward the Democratic side, and uh, North Carolina was being a little too aggressive in redistricting to benefit Republicans. And the Supreme Court said, look, by five to four, of course, which is completely unsatisfying to everybody, and we'll just ratchet up the stress in the next election again, because Congress never does anything. They never clarify anything. They don't do their jobs, which means all this interpretation is left to the courts. Oh, man, our cowardly Congress. You know, I'd like to get a panel of historians or or authorities or experts together, although, I don't know, experts are leaving me more and more dissatisfied lately. Just They're so wrapped up in their ideology, you can't get them to be honest. But to talk about how how big a factor in all of our problems as a country is the cowardice of Congress. They don't want to vote on anything. They just, you know, Tim, the lawyer, Tim Sandifer has pointed out, they'll pass the uh, 2019 Act to Prevent Bad Things Happening. And the act will be very short. It'll say, uh, we, the United States Congress, uh, we don't want bad things to happen. And we have created the uh, Department of Preventing Bad Things. And we have tasked them with developing such uh, rules and regulations as are necessary to prevent bad things from happening. And then you create this enormous bureaucracy that has rules and regulations, which means laws. I mean, if you got a, a rule or a regulation and I violate it, I get fined. And if I don't pay my fine, I go to jail. That's a law, man. And so Congress has this cowardly way of going about their business now. And that puts so much pressure on the courts to say, well, I don't know what they meant. I guess maybe they meant this. Which means 
that everybody gets berserk every presidential election because it's so critically important to get your super congressperson, also known as a Supreme Court justice, appointed. Because then they write all the laws of the land. It's really perversion of democracy. But anyway, um, so there's that redistricting uh, issue. And, and the court said, as I get back to my original train of thought, um, the court said, you know, this really isn't up to us. The Constitution's pretty specific about the states figure this out. There's nothing in the Constitution that says we ought to be looking at this. We, can, we just can't find an excuse to deal with it. You know, you can find a law professor to say absolutely anything. But there are a number of law professors that say, no, they're wrong. They could have oversight over this because it's denying people their voting rights. And that's exactly what they're there for. I don't I don't happen to agree, but you know, I'd like to talk to some of my super smart friends about it before I'm, you know, really express a strong opinion. But it brings us to the, the great one of the great truths of our time, which is everybody thinks they can solve everything. Everybody thinks they have to solve everything, and everybody thinks if they can't solve everything the way things currently are, then we got to give the president the right to just do it unilaterally, and it's always the president. Um, or some, you know, if you're a lefty, like a super environmentalist, you want to give the EPA, speaking of giant ungovernable bodies, you want to give the EPA the right to just declare stuff. No law is written and passed by both houses of Congress and signed by the president. No, you just unilaterally ask the president to just fix it or the courts to just fix it. And I think one of the things that, you know, it's the practicality versus emotional. uh, uh, What's the term I'm always using, uh, throwing around? Uh, Emotionality isn't a word. Emotionalism. Um. There are some things you can't solve. There are problems you just have to deal with, or you have to chip away with, or uh, chip away at, or you have to be patient, and you have to keep working with Congress, and you uh, keep demanding they do their job. I'm begging you people, don't give in to the impulse to say the president ought to fix it. Because, man, we're giving the, the president more and more and more authority, way more than the Constitution envisioned and the framers envisioned. And so that, again makes every presidential election this gigantic referendum on whether the country is going to veer way left and in a hurry or veer, potentially, way right in a hurry. And that's not what that election's supposed to be about. So I know uh, here's, here's a good example. People saw that poor uh, dad and his, his little girl dead in the Rio Grande. And... Uh, and they're super sad about that. And how could you not be? There's a guy just trying to get a better life for himself and his family, and they drown in the river. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of people died on the border during the Obama administration. And with some exceptions, the mainstream media didn't say a word about it. It was fine then, um, which is just enormous hypocrisy. But if you have a border of a country millions of people want to come into and you can't let them all in and people make the decision to make that harrowing harrowing journey bad stuff's going to happen to some of them and it's heartbreaking but you can either go the slow steady route of dealing with that 
as difficult as that can be. Or you can just say, you know what? We can't have borders. We've got to throw the, the borders open. Just let everybody in so not another single person drowns. But that's emotionalism. That's ridiculous. As policy, that's just completely ridiculous. You've got to be an adult. You've got to be practical about it and realize there's some stuff I can't solve immediately. And it's just too dangerous to give the president, you know, complete authority over it. Uh, one interesting um, aspect of Kamala Harris's performance in the debate the other night is um, over and over again, she said, on day one, I will abolish or on day one, I will use an executive order, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, listen, those of us who are way too into this stuff hate the idea of people uh, saying, as president, I'll have dictatorial powers. You know, most of this stuff she can't do anyway. You know, you can have a pen and a phone or, or threaten executive actions. But look at old Donald Trump. How many things has he tried to do? And he immediately, it immediately gets stymied in the courts. Um. I just I guess if there's a point I'm urging you don't fall for the politicians I'm going to assume dictatorial power and exercise it and I will solve these problems so you don't have to worry about the adult stuff of life anymore I'll solve it for you because that's not the way life works let's grow up let's be adults about our politics and not impulsive over emotional teenagers. Like the people who and this is a great moment in intersection intersectionality. The Pride Parade in San Francisco, of all places, the Pride Parade was blocked and stopped by angry, hardcore right-wingers. No, wait a minute, nope. It was stopped by gay activists. We'll tell you the story next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Corporations taking over Pride and cops being at Pride are not okay. Like, that is completely against the spirit of what Pride should be. Uh, yeah, I was trying to find a clip of the protesters uh, protesting. Uh, so you get your... Uh, your Gay Pride Month, which uh, drew to a close, uh, finally, yesterday. And uh, San Francisco. I don't know if you've heard this about San Francisco. Seem to be a fair number of gay folks there. Hmm. Anyway, so they're having a big, gigantic gay pride parade in San Francisco. And uh, it got shut down in the middle of it. Not by uh, angry priests or right-wingers or whomever. And there's practically... No resistance to that anyway. Um, no, it was a group of gay rights activists who blocked off the, the Pride Parade. We're working on finding their chantons because uh, it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. The group uh, chained together with rainbow tubes, uh, linked their arms. They apparently were protesting corporate involvement in the parade and police brutality in America and whatever else they could think of. For over half an hour, the parade backed up behind the protesters who sat at uh, across Market Street near 6th for uh, fans of San Francisco. Watch where you sit. Don't sit and poo. Um, in a video taken by the San Francisco Chironicle, protesters 
can be heard chanting, Stonewall was a riot, in reference to the 1969 uprising in New York City, which either you know about or you don't, often considered the beginning of the modern gay rights movement. And one of the protesters could be seen in the video demanding that there be no police or corporations present at the parade. And I quote, and this is so hilarious. Oh, my God, this is so this sort of person straight from either their uh, radical reading room, their anarchist reading room or their University of California campus. The system of policing upholds white supremacy, heteropatriarchy, gender binaries and capitalist rule, shouted the protester. Protest cleared up around noon. Oh, it doesn't say how long that was. So, uh, and the parade began flowing normally once again. So the protesters who decided the gay pride parade wasn't radical enough brought it to a close. And I am absolutely certain that if like-minded people as themselves held some sort of parade against white white supremacy, heteropatriarchy, gender binaries, and capitalism, they held a parade for that. Somebody more radical than them would hold a sit-in saying, the exploitation of the earth is immoral and we should all depart for Venus and hold up their parade. Then when they got together to march, some even further lunatic fringe group would probably hold up their parade. And thus ends the, uh, the peaceful protest in America. That is hilarious. Gay activists halt the gay pride parade because everybody's not gay enough or radical enough or hardcore enough or what have you. Just idiotic. But, you you know, I, I used to worry about that sort of ideology, but it's so ridiculous and so laughable that uh, it'll it'll collapse of its own weight. I used to think I really had to fight against it, but I don't anymore because I've talked to all sorts of people left, right, and center who say, oh, yeah, that outer 5% on the left are just friggin' lunatics. And to whatever ever extent the Democratic Party plays to them during the primary system is going to be a disaster. I mean, it's like you're you're way, way, way out there, right wingers. Everybody knows they're kookalas, um, you know. And and the mainstream media calls them kookalas generally, or, you know, constantly, which is fine, uh, accurate enough. But you're way, way, way out there, lefties. There there are no editorials saying. Those wackadoos uh, shouting about heteropatriarchy uh, are, are nuts and ought to get out of the way. There's nobody says that because you, you kind of sort of agree with them in the media. But that is absolutely hilarious. They may have to cancel the gay rights parade because it was like, uh, what was it? Julian Castro on stage the other night was so unintentionally hilarious with his. Well, was it Julian or was it Beto? It was one of those you know, second, third tier numbskulls talking about, well, what about. Abortion rights for transgender women. I believe that was uh, that was Juli uh, Castro. Yeah, yeah. And then was it Cory Booker who said, "What about black transgender women abortion rights?" And it's like, okay, listen, can we take it to the logical extreme? Can we just spend ten minutes, maybe have a committee meeting, and all agree we're in favor of abortion rights for gay, black, amputee, handicapped. Blind, illegal immigrant, transgender, then transgender, back again, gay, but identify as pansexual, non-gendered, I, I lost track, we gotta have a noun at some point, humans, are we okay with humans? What about harp sales? Alright, all those adjectives 
living creature. What about the dead? What about a dead amputee gay transgender harp seal? Do they have abortion rights? I thought this was America. I don't know. We have to form a subcommittee on that. I mean, can we just get to the end of that and then start talking about maybe taxes and the national debt and what to do about trade with China and the rest of that? I mean, when you get a chance, that would just be delightful. Oh, 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 man. Speaking of uh, voting. Giant widespread voting fraud scheme on Skid Row in Los Angeles. There is so much voter fraud. The idea that, well, there are very few documented cases. That's because we have no system for checking. Widespread voter fraud scheme uh, that we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, I hope you can hang around for that. Marsha Phillips has a number of important news stories we'll be taking a look at. Marsha, what's up? Indeed, you got President Trump and Kim handshakes at the DMZ. Got a new report about a mob trying to overrun the Mexico-U.S. border. Wow. And what Americans want out of restaurants these days is changing dramatically. Stories Hmm. coming up. I'm interested in that. All right, which is kind of what we're going for. So I'm looking forward to it. Good deal. Marsha's got the news next and that voter fraud scheme. Yikes. Armstrong and Getty. A lot of going around in the world as usual. Marsha Phillips has those headlines for us, Marshall. Well, I tell you, President Trump is now saying he believes his meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in the DMZ was, quote, a great day for the world. Trump, on Sunday, became the first sitting U.S. president to step onto North Korean soil when he met Kim in the DMZ, the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas. It was an honor that you asked me to step over that line, and I was proud to step over the line. I thought you might do that. I wasn't sure, but I was ready to do it, and I want to thank you. It's been great. A president telling reporters he'd been thinking about a trip to the DMZ for a while. Then yesterday I had the idea, maybe I'll call Chairman Kim and see if he wants to say hello. So we didn't give him much notice, but uh, we've become, uh, we respect each other. We respect each other. Maybe even like each other. So uh, the reflexively anti-Trump media are making a big deal of, could it possibly have been arranged in one day? And this is purely symbolic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it is. You know what? It's harmless. He's never going to give up his nukes, Kim Jong-un. There's zero chance of that, to my mind. I think what we can hope for, though, and what I think there's a decent chance of, and, uh, you know, it's not just my opinion, but uh, Ian Bremmer, Anna Fifield, who we talked to earlier, both agree that what we're working toward is an agreement to officially end the Korean War, Mm -hmm. to establish some rules of coexistence, and have a much calmer, less tense Korean peninsula and essentially take away any incentive for north korea to ever use its nukes because you know it north korea has nukes most likely i think just a quick caveat i think maybe the the first generation of kim leadership had wanted to take over all of korea and 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 make it all communist and and the middle kim was really just a porn addicted drunk and i don't he didn't even want the job but i think a little fathead uh, I don't think he's expansionist. I think he understands that's not going to happen. So he owns nukes the same reason I own a gun. If, God forbid, anybody ever came to deny my beautiful wife and I of, of our lives, 
um, well, they'd, they'd have it coming. Right. And that's what that's what why Kim has nukes. If anybody invades, he's going to nuke something. Um, and once once you establish that that's the only reason you're going to need nukes, man, because everybody's cool. Right. Nobody's coming for you. Everything's cool. Right. If we could establish that, that'd be a huge step forward. The whole dream of denuclearizing the peninsula, forget it. Right. Forget it. You know, Joe, along those lines, there are reports circulating this morning. The White House is now considering agreeing to a freeze of North Korea's nuclear program instead of denuclearization. Right. So let's be realistic. Yeah, that's what they're talking about now. There is no chance Kim gives up his nukes. None. All right, with uh, all this international maneuvering, I think it's time to go ahead and check in with Positive Sean for his one-word market report. The market is enthusiastic. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes, there was some good uh, China trade uh, talks as well. I was say, yeah, a little optimism over the China trade thing. Speaking of things that will never happen, I just, you know, I hope we can take a big step toward better with China. They're not going to give up their communist doctrine of any company operating in our country. We get your technology. We get to look at your books. We just do everything. We walk in. It's our company now, all right? That's the way they've operated their entire history. That's the way they'll continue to operate. And American companies that that function in China just have to pull their pants down. But I'm hoping we can get further down the road of some fairness and get the trade cranked up again. One of the busiest border crossings in the U.S. is back open after agents say that a mob threatened to overrun the facility. U.S. border agents in Texas say a large and unruly group of people formed on the Mexican side of the crossing and rushed the port uh, of entry at the border in El Paso early this morning. These reports just coming out now. KTSM reporting the border agents fired tear gas and the uh, Paso del Norte bridge crossing was forced to shut. So after that give and take, they have finally reopened that particular section of the border. You know, I haven't read it, but there is a... uh... There's a New York Times editorial, an op-ed, from this radical professor chick uh, in favor of doxing. Do you know what that is? You, you identify people and where they live and their oh, right. home phone number and where right. their kids go to school and the rest of it. Of doxing Border Patrol agents and ruining their lives and driving them out of their jobs. Which is, I mean, it is so wrong. This Kate Cronin Foreman at the University College of London of all places, trying to punish border... Do you know what those guys are doing right now? They're killing themselves to deal with the astounding number of, of, of migrants who are coming across the border right now by uh, the hundreds of thousands, tending to their medical care, getting the kids food, medicine, uh, soap, water, all the things that the left is screaming that they don't have enough of. These guys are killing themselves to the point that we can't control the border anymore. There's an enormous crisis. They're begging for money to pay for the food and medicine and all for the migrants. Congress is dragging their heels to make, uh, dragging their feet to make political, to pol- make political points. Right. The hypocrisy is astonishing. The border patrol agents are distinguishing themselves as heroes right now, and the the, the fact that they're taking guff for it is just sick. Just shows you how willing people are to lie about politics. There have been more than 530,000 apprehensions thus far in uh, 2019, fiscal 2019. Half a million. More than half a million. More than half a million. 
And this article at the Daily Signal is pointing out that Jay Johnson always said, man, it was a bad day when officials caught a thousand illegal immigrants. Now we're having many of thousands in a single day. March 2019, there are almost 4,200 caught in a single day. Wow. It's up by 375% since last year. You want me to play you that, uh, that collage of clips where politicians and, and journalists were saying, this is a manufactured crisis. There is no crisis on the border. For months and months they said that. God, people are willing to lie. Sorry, Marshall, back to you. All right, an entirely different matter, it turns out. When it comes to going out to eat, it turns out that more Americans would rather just be homebodies and get their food to go these days. The annual restaurant report from the American Customer Satisfaction Index based on polling nearly 23,000 people found that people who order food delivery report being, quote, far more satisfied than those who stick around to eat in the restaurant. I'd say for me and Judy, Judy and me, yeah, um, 60% of the time will carry out. That's a rough guesstimate. Okay. But it's at least half. Right. Uh, you're pretty much uh, going along with the uh, flow. Fox News reporting that uh, Restaurant Insider report from earlier this year showed that 60% of Americans... Ah, look at me. I'm Mr. Mainstream. ...say they order takeout or delivery once a week. Now, I don't know. Do you oh, order takeout take yes, or delivery once a week? definitely. Yes. So that's proof that we're both lazy and won't cook for ourselves, and we don't want to put on grown-up clothes. Which, to me, is if you're going to go, especially I'm a public figure. If I'm going to the restaurant, I'm not wearing my stained workout t-shirt and my soccer shorts. Right. i got to put on grown-up clothes. Right. Or I can just wing in, wing out before anybody notices (laughs) me and bring it home. Might have to reheat a little That's right, Mitt. Just a little reheat. That'll be fine. Right. And 31% said they order from third-party delivery services at least twice a week. Now, I have never ordered... Uh, delivery at home like that. Not even pizza. Right. To be uh, uh, with uh, you. Hotel rooms, too, delivered? it's big. Have you ever had pizza delivered? No. Uh-uh. You've never had pizza delivery? No. Where are no. you from, Mars? No, never had pizza delivery. You know, they have to come in through the security gate, and that's always a big problem. You've a got, big you know, problem? Yeah. I you mean, give them the code. No, no, no. You have to ring in, then I I press a button, and the gate slowly opens. Give them the friggin' code. Anyway, no, I've never ordered uh, pizza. But Great one, Scott. I find that fascinating. That's <laughs> unbelievable to me. Well, I've never ordered pizza. I've I never gotta, been in a Walmart. I feel like Come I don't on. even know you. Wow. Well, you know the reason why I will go get Have take you ever out gotten gas at a gas station? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> ever bought bread at a store? I'm sure, just not going to go down the list here. All the time. Wow. I will go out and... Do you wear socks with shoes? Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, I, I the reason I, uh, especially in the summertime, uh, will go get takeout is I don't like to cook in the heat. I mean, even, oh, even yeah. with the AC, I'd rather yeah, do it. And I, and I get tired of doing the dishes all the time. So you just go out and get it and bring it back. Well, and you're cooking for one, mostly, well, right? Except when you have one of your many lady friends over. Well, yeah, that's true. And that's a special occasion. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> That's why the grill is perfect for the summertime cooking. You get all it the is. heat outside. Indeed. You don't have to do it. There's no pans or anything. To, you just got the grill that you just brush off the next time you use right. it. It's, it's a decent excuse to bring a nice chilly beverage out with you, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you're going to be standing there in the heat. You practically are sure. owed a chilly beverage. Yeah. 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 Man, I, that's one thing. When we've got the, uh, you know, our nest is mostly empty now as our two big kids are out on their own. we got a college student, right. but... Man, I'm surprised because we were always dedicated to the family dinner. It's always the, every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might have missed 
10 family dinners in my kids' entire childhood. Didn't matter what was going on. You're home, you eat together. Night after night? Now, some of you people who are just way overscheduled and your kids are, you don't do that. I'd encourage you to rethink your lifestyle. Um, but uh, it's your business. You run your own life. Um, but so that was sacred to us. And we cooked all the time. Right. Jude would cook. I'd barbecue, whatever. Since the kids are out, man, are we lazy. <laughs> We're just so lazy. Uh, and it's not just going out. I yeah. mean, you can get so many uh, so many good uh, meals there at the grocery store, sure. your Trader Joseph or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. you just pop it in a microwave three minutes later. It may not be great, but it's pretty darn good. Bingo, bango, OD. Right, and yeah. it, it, you know, and it's it reasonably healthy and the rest of it. Or I could go out there with Positive Sean standing next to my grill and sweating like a, like a fool. <laughs> Why am I doing that? I don't know. Anyway, I never saw it coming, but man, are we lazy now. Sorry, sweetheart. You're not a lazy person, honey. We're lazy about cooking. You're very hardworking. I'm not saying you're lazy. Lord knows you're not. I right. just wanted to clarify right. that. I love you. You love me? I love you. Okay, there we go. That's settled. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even notice the time. I'll get back to you. The giant voting fraud scheme in Los Angeles. Democracy perverted. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, is that my old gal pal? The, oh, yeah, I love her. That North Korean news lady who they bring out of retirement. She's got to be getting torqued off at this point. She's the, the gal in the pink, uh, pink suit there who always comes out to make the big announcements. Gosh, she sounds like an angry wife. Um, but yeah, every time there's something big happens, they drag her out of retirement because, what, they got one newsreader over there? Maybe that'd be a good goodwill uh, gesture by the U- U.S. We got more we talking t- heads over here than we can possibly use, North Korea. Here, here's some of our spares. We send them Chuck Todd. Yes, yes, with our d- 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 apologies. Here, you want to you want to talk in Ed? Here's one. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. Most annoying man in media. Poor old gal. She's probably laying on a beach there in North Korea. They got beaches? Yeah, they do. That's right. The president said he wanted to develop them. She's there on the beach. She's uh, with her girlfriend. She's sipping a fruity drink or something like that, saying, "Man, I love retirement." Her phone rings. It's probably probably got a special ringtone for Fat Ed. Her phone goes off. Ah, oh, ass, she says. Oh, no, it's not the uh, brave and uh, wonderful leader, is it? She says, yeah, I got to take this. Hang on. Hello? It's Kim Jong-un. Hey, we got a big announcement we need you to make. Oh, it'd be my delight, oh, uh, godlike uh, creature who rules us from on high. Yeah, yeah, I can beat her in half an hour. Sure. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. No trouble. Click. Son of a... 
Poor old pink-suited gal. He's trying to retire. Give me your sweet sounds again, Sean. I love her voice so much. It's like... It's... Me too. Oh, the pillow talk. Oh, my God. Whatever. Whatever. This is so sexy. So, uh, indictments unsealed in Los Angeles, charging nine people accused of participating in voter fraud schemes. That's one uh, aspect in which Corruptifornia leads the nation. The amount of voter fraud in the uh, the unicorn state is absolutely astonishing. This is a bit of a new wrinkle, but a uh, bunch of activists, and you know, it's funny, this NBC Los Angeles story doesn't mention that they're Democrats, uh, but I am willing to bet uh, rather heavily that they are. Um, they go down to Skid Row. And they offer the uh, the bums and junkies and homeless cash or cigarettes uh, in exchange for forced, forged signatures on initiation petitions. Uh, I'm sorry, initiative petitions, initiation petitions. Boy, that was that was made up and it was hard to say. And voter registration forms. Yeah, so they're rounding up many many fake voter registration forms from bums, and then they will helpfully vote for them. Over and over again through the years. And hey, uh, prosecutors of L.A., well done. I mean, they accused a group of 14 felonies for a variety of acts uh, during the 2016-2018 election cycles. Including uh, forger fictitious names, fictitious uh, persons, payment for signatures, blah, blah, blah. But see, what's going on in Corruptifornia is that you have this going on simultaneously with the vote harvesting, which is considered so abhorrent and terrible that an election was overturned in North Carolina for doing that. But in Corruptifornia, the one-party legislature passed a law saying it was okay. So what you do is you you go into the skid rows of all the, the cities, and you get dozens or hundreds of bums and junkies to sign these registration forms, which then you have conveniently delivered to you. And then you go around on Election Day as a vote harvester, and you turn in all of those ballots with the forged signatures. And because there's no real way to check whether they're legitimate or not, or if the person who signed it voted or not, you can turn in hundreds or even thousands of, of ballots that no legitimate voter ever touched or looked at. Or, you know, if you want to go halfway there, you you pick up ballots from people, because anybody can turn in anybody's ballot now, and you 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 get the half-filled-out ballot, and you finish it. Or you get it before they fill it out and say, no, here's 20 bucks, I'll fill it out for you. And then you bring in your hundreds or thousands of ballots, and you turn them in, and because there's really no effective way to police that, there's certainly no budget to do it, um, you get to uh, pass thousands of fraudulent votes. If you want to know, you probably read, maybe from uh, elsewhere around uh, America or the globe, you probably read about how even the the most staunchly conservative counties and districts in California and Orange County, for instance, uh, the Inland Empire, how they went Democrat for the first time in generations. That's That's why it happened. It wasn't some giant, you know, demographics had something to do with it, but it wasn't some giant ideological shift. No, it's that the Democrats have gotten absolutely expert in vote fraud. They're brilliant at it. I mean, they designed a fabulous scheme. you got to admire the ingenuity of it and the thoroughness of it. And then you have millions and millions of illegals. Um, well, not millions, but uh, hundreds of thousands in California. It's probably, oh, it's it's a couple million. Um 
who then get driver's licenses and accidentally kind of sort of forget to say that they're not eligible to vote. And so they're immediately registered as they get their driver's license. And then, you know, the vote harvesters go to work on them, too. So, again, you know, you kind of got to admire the ingenuity. It's like uh, watching one of them uh, Ocean's Eleven movies, right? They're stealing jewels. Who's a, or, or cash? Who's in favor of stealing? Nobody is. It's a sin. It's terrible. It's a crime. But you kind of root for them because they're so clever. Well, you kind of got to root for the Democrats of California because they've gotten so good at perverting democracy and stealing votes uh, that they have permanent governance. So, again, I congratulate you on your ingenuity. Ingenuity is that word. I'm not drunk. I swear I'm not. Um, although I am sweaty. The uh, air conditioning's broke yet again here at the Radio Ranch. It's like a Venezuela in here. It's unbelievable. We got power like six hours a day. You got to boil your water before you drink it. Anyway, 0-2. Stray dogs running through the streets. You got to drink your own urine sometimes. It's just it's terrible. Not often, but sometimes. Oh, which, oh, man. And now we don't have time. There's uh, There are these new statistics that... Uh, 20% of the children in the state of California go to bed hungry. All the news outlets are reporting that. It's a completely made-up statistic from the California Association of Food Banks. It's hilarious. Now they're just reading lobbyists' press releases as news. Unbelievable. Armstrong and Getty.